Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of This is CX, our West Monroe Partners Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Mike Manfredo. And this is Paul Hagen. Hey, Paul, I'm really excited about our conversation today. You and I are actually going to be starting a a kind of a mini series here around customer success and customer experience. We're seeing a lot out in the industry around what is customer success and how does that fit in the world of customer experience. And so you and I had actually touched base on this last year, but we wanted to do a deep dive both with some of our internal experts here at West Monroe, as well as some other industry folks. So we're really looking forward to bringing forward to our audience you know, a set of episodes that touch on what is customer success, how does it fit within the world of CX, what are the tools, what are the trends. So I'm looking forward to getting into all that starting today. Yeah, super exciting. We've been talking about it for a while, and I think it's finally starting to come. You know, everyone's talking digital subscription economy, those types of things. So I think there's a lot of relevant stuff in the customer success world that can be applied to customer experience professionals. We are actually joined today by Neil Jane who is a director in our mergers and acquisitions practice here at West Monroe, but was actually part of an acquisition by West Monroe of the Waterstone Group, focusing in on customer success. So we're really looking forward to having him here. Neil, appreciate you joining us today. Happy to be here. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Paul. So Neil, before we kind of jump into customer success, I thought it'd be great if you could just quickly introduce yourself, give our audience a little taste of your background and kind of the focus and customer success and what you do. Yeah, yeah, happy to. And so, as you guys both described, you know, as we came through over the last decade or more, I've been consulting to technology companies, software companies, hardware companies, et cetera. And one of the key levers for growth for them has been customer success. In addition to, you know, we do some work around growth strategy, we'll do some stuff around offers and pricing and some other things in delivery, but customer success has been a big mantra for these companies as a, as a lever for growth. Historically, my background has been all in tech from smaller companies to bigger companies. And while it's been a constant theme throughout, I think there's a number of dynamics where over the last five years, for sure, a lot more focus from management teams and boards and investors on the customer experience. Uh, what does that mean from customer success and how does that translate into growth and enterprise value for companies? Excellent. Well, let's dive right in. So what is customer success? How would you define it? Yeah. So I think in concept, it's very simple. And the way that we describe customer success is customer success ensures that customers are using the product or service and deriving value from it, kind of full stop. And so, you know, on the surface, again, pretty straightforward. It's all about the customers consuming whatever they consume. And, you know, the key linchpin of it is that they're getting whatever the value is that they wanted to get out of it initially, why they bought the product in the first place or service. That's what they're getting out of it. But I think that as you get into the devils in the details, as they say, that's where the complexity starts to come in. So, Paul, given Neil's definition of customer success. In your opinion, what is the difference between customer experience and customer success at its kind of highest level? They feel so similar. Customer experience is defined as a customer's perceptions of their interactions with the company. Part of their interactions are with the product or service. And those interactions are about using the product, about deriving that value from the product. 
getting the value, completing the job that you hired the company to do through their services or products. You know, and I think there's probably some debate is customers experience the Uber set, you know, and customer success, a part of it within the products and services using it, or is customer success kind of the broader thing? Because guess what? At the end of the day, I'm getting a, trying to get a job done and all of the interactions and my perceptions of those interactions help me to get my job done. So I just think they're very, very closely intertwined. What I love about the success thing, it's not just about the interactions. It's about, did you get your job done? Did the product or service help you achieve what you expected to get achieved? And that's, there's something really, really powerful in that. So Neil, you kind of mentioned the fact that, especially over the last five years, this concept of customer success has really taken off. Can you tell us a little bit more why we are hearing so much more about customer success today? Yeah, I think I'll put the tech industry lens on it, but I think this applies as we start to hear about customer success and obviously, as Paul just said, customer experience in other industries as well, like financial services and retail, et cetera. But, but I think three reasons, right? So historically, customers would buy something, they may or may not use it optimally, and eventually when they have to buy it again or they need to renew it, they really question, hey, how much value did I get out of that product? What's happened over the last five years, I think, is markets have become more competitive. Customers have a lot more choice, largely because of what's available through the cloud and the internet. Switching costs become lower. And so it's incumbent on vendors to make sure that customers are getting that value. So when they have to go buy it again or think about that renewal, it's less of a decision point for them. But economically, it really hits home in two ways, right? One, if you're a company that operates in a saturated market, so where there's not a lot of new logos or new products being purchased every year, or new buyers, then you really have to maximize your installed base, the customers that own the product and especially your product and services already. And so to them, to get a customer to buy more from you, you've got to really make sure that they're successful in using it. Secondly, as companies shift to recurring revenue models, so lots of push into subscription, reoccurring usage, whatever that might be, retaining and growing that revenue is critical. And so we use net retention as the metric that's a great measure for that of how efficiently or how well you're growing and retaining your revenue. Because if you can increase that net retention by a couple of percentage points, that translates into huge impact, both from a bottom line perspective and then enterprise value as well. Neil, you guys did some really interesting research just on how the economics of this world happened. I think I saw some numbers where you know, in the old world where it was really, you deliver a product, you get 52% of the lifetime value right there. But in this new subscription-based world, only 16% is up front and the rest is on the backside of it. You know, people giving away the product itself or the front end, they give the printer away and then they sell the cartridges and that's the recurring revenue you're talking about. Just the value delivery system and the economics are completely different today. I always see it in my consumer life, and then you can translate that into what you see in the enterprise side as well. But you always hear they want to hook you on the product and they try and upsell you all the time. And so it's really about once you're demonstrating the value, how do you get additional users, additional features and functionality and translate that into profits? What typically goes into customer success? And by that, I mean, what type of activities does an organization focus on and who typically owns that? What does that look like in an organization? The good news with a hot topic like customer success is that everybody gloms onto the phrase and says they're doing it. 
and really pull that apart of kind of what does that mean? Is it executive commitment that, hey, we're going to be a customer-focused organization? Is it a mindset? Is there an organization? Is there a function that does this? Is it a part of the offering? Is it the customer experiences we talked about before? It's kind of all of those things. But at the end of the day, we think about it in three or four buckets. One, as Paul suggested, the customer experience is tightly integrated to this. So you've got to be really clear on how you're going to segment your customers. How do you want to touch each one of those? Is it a really engaged, high-touch gold glove service? Is it really efficient, self-service kind of model? What channels do you get through, et cetera, right? So there's that part of it. There's the organization standpoint where okay, do we need a team of customer success managers that are engaging with our clients to make sure they're adopting, that they're happy, that they're renewing their products? Do we have a renewals team that's really focused on that? Do we have analytics to measure how customers are using our stuff? And we have insight and intelligence from that. So there's kind of an organizational piece. And I'll come back to your question, Mike, in a second of where does that sit? And then there's kind of enablement and scale. And so there's really a bunch of things about how do you get disciplined on measuring customer health as an example. So is there an automated way to get more and more customers to try and figure out, hey, these customers for all of these indicators are really good and they're an opportunity for us to grow more. These ones might be at risk and we need to spend some more time with them. There are playbooks that we go execute that when a customer does this, we do that. Or if we see this in their environment, we've got to take these actions. And then lastly is the economics of this, right? Somebody's got to pay for all this stuff at some point. And while there's a ton of value there, trying to figure out, hey, do you make this part of your offering? Do you fund it just because it's a cost of business of doing this? Whatever that might be. And so those are kind of the couple of key components. And as you can see, it's pretty comprehensive, a lot of stuff there. And so we often see kind of an executive leader who's responsible for customer success overall for the enterprise. Typically, they're a C-level report and they sit kind of aligned with what we would call kind of the post-sales functions. So whatever you do after you develop and sell the product, if you're onboarding people to it, if you're supporting them with customer support, if you're hosting the product, kind of all of those functions, customer success should be interwoven with those altogether. Paul, based on what Neil just listed out, it seems like there's a lot of overlap with CX and the elements of CX and even organizationally thinking about what they're doing. To me, CS, customer success, is really all about how do you operationalize your customer experience strategy? It, it really seems like where the rubber meets the road and what you need to do in order to actually, at the end of the day, deliver the value to the customer. So just want to get your perspective based on kind of what you heard with Neil, where that overlap or how that fits together with CX. Yeah, I was thinking about whether it's the CXPA framework for thinking competencies or Gene Bliss or Forrester Research. You know, first of all, you're talking about customer understanding, right? And where customer experience, I think, tends to focus on what customers say, your surveys and so forth. Customer success tends to spend a lot more time looking at what customers do, how do they use a product or a service, their consumption of it. It's not that that's mutually exclusive, but you've got this customer understanding. There is this delivery model or governance kind of thing, you know, when, where customer success talks about playbooks. I think customer experience, we're talking about closed loop, the inner and, and outer loop. I would say customer success, the notion of a playbook, a signal, customer signal comes in. What do we do about that is very, very much like the inner loop of customer experience. I would say where customer experience does a lot better job at this point is on that macro loop. And 
what are the systemic problems and how do I go upstream to prevent that? I think customer success has got this delivery model. In customer experience, we often talked about experience design and designing across that. And that's the nature of our delivery model. I would say there's more boots on the ground in customer success with customer success managers literally doing it. The metrics, again, I think customer success does a really good job looking at that economic value and saying, hey, based on what they're doing, let's calculate a customer health score, which tends to be a little bit more robust than just a net promoter score, for example. But then tying that to the economic value to me is all wrapped around that metric, you know, maybe what Gene Bliss calls treating your customers as an asset. There's a lot more rigor, I think. Again, when you start looking at the bucket strategy and culture or kind of the bookends, there's always strategy up front. Who do we want to be and what's our North Star and how do we want to run this? I don't know how much you guys focus on culture and change management, Neil, but it'd be interesting to have you talk maybe a little bit about that because that's the one thing I didn't necessarily hear. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And so, you know, I think there's two things. I think one is there's a internal culture and change management process because it is a fundamental shift to think about how you engage with your customers and what you're trying to get money out of them basically differently, right? And so customer success provides that framework, but it's got to be a whole top down, the leadership needs to believe in it. And then, as you said, it's there's a little bit of a, hey, we've got to operationalize this with boots on the ground and data and tools and process, et cetera, right? So in doing that, if you're not starting in that place, moving from wherever you are to that model is a little bit of a culture shift to get the mindset there and then a change management process. I think the other part of that is there's a little bit of a change management process for your customer base as well. You have to kind of manage the expectations with them as to the type of relationship you're going to have, what they're going to get from you as a vendor, how you're going to engage with them and that you're jointly committed to their success. An easy example of that is we have a lot of clients where they are afraid to tell their customers how much they're using the product. And they're afraid to say, oh, wow, if they realize how much they're using or not using, they'll want to cancel our subscription. The mindset has to shift to say, that's not a problem. That's an opportunity, right? So, hey, Mr. Customer, do you realize you're only using 10% of what you signed up for? How do we work together to make sure you're getting all the value out of it and using more of it? And so that's one example of kind of the change management that needs to happen both internally and externally. Yeah. Well, and to that point, Neil, I imagine this also coincides with why we're hearing this more in the last five years. Obviously, the increase in technology and the more technology services-based products in my head, I'm thinking something like a headspace, right? A meditation app, but I'm constantly being reminded in terms of having to build up a good practice and like getting the most value out of that service. It's sending me reminders, right? And that's all driven by data in the application. But now as we continue to where internet of things and even some more harder products where we're able to collect data and usage of those products, we're then able to leverage that information to then drive to what you're saying in terms of, well, you're using this product in only 50% of the way that it was designed for. Let's make sure you're getting the most out of it. So I imagine that also coincides with the last five years and the rise of IoT and the availability of data. Yeah, I think it even goes broader to that where companies are sitting on so much data and information about their customers that they really don't tap into. So you gave a great example 
with IoT and connected devices and products that phone home, you have a lot more usage telemetry and feature usage and data information like that. At the same time, there is a ton of user data probably sitting in marketing or somewhere about how they engage with the website. What pages do they sit on? What products do they go look at? How many times do they come visit, right? You've got product from your training organization of who came to the user group session, how often do they come, what classes have they taken or not taken, et cetera, right? You've got financial data on have they bought a product in the last year? How much did they spend with us? When's their contract coming up for renewal, et cetera? So I think there's just all of these data sources And to your point, over the last few years, the ability to collect all that data, aggregate it, and get data insights out of it is accelerating day by day. So if an organization is looking to stand up a customer success capability, where do they start? Just as if you were setting up a customer experience competency within an organization, there's a maturity curve. So what does that kind of look like from a customer success standpoint? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of an evolution for sure and depends where you start and your starting point and kind of where you want to be. But I think, you know, there's a couple things. So one, you really need to understand, as Paul said, you know, what you're trying to achieve, what your North Star is, where the opportunity is, right? So are customers churning? Are they leaving you, right? And why are they leaving you? And are they buying more stuff? And why do they buy more stuff? And are there certain segments where, we're churning more customers that own a certain product that are buying more, right? So you just kind of need to understand first and foremost kind of what the opportunity is and what it is you're trying to achieve. Once you have that, I think there's two things. One, some of this is likely already happening in your organization, right? So for some organizations that are earlier stage, they might call this account management or there might be some account managers that are starting to do some of this or somebody in support is starting to think about measuring NPS and Hey, how do we take action on that? First, you got to get your arms around, hey, are there pockets of capabilities that we already have? And how do we think about leveraging those? And then as you translate that, then you start to move into something that becomes a lot more sophisticated, scalable, repeatable, and customer-centric, which covers a lot of things we talked about, right? Measuring customer health scores, redefining or defining your customer experience at a more tactical level, playbooks, getting customer success functions set up with CSMs that are touching customers in a different way, so on and so forth. But I think the first two things is really understanding where the opportunities are, and then two, just looking for the capabilities you already have and seeing if you can try and leverage those to get some momentum. Do you see this natural evolution of, as an organization, being more reactive to being more proactive as you go along that maturity? That's a great way to think about it. Companies historically tend to be reactive. They intervene with a customer when there's a customer problem and they tend to be really good about it, right? If you think about on the other end of the spectrum, a really good customer success focused organization can anticipate and kind of know what those problems are going to be and have already taken steps to try and address that. So that if a problem does come up, they've already smoothed the runway or laid the foundation to make sure that that doesn't happen. So you had kind of the two macro points, but then bring it down to a micro level. Yeah, for a micro level, I mean, the first thing they should do is call West Monroe. We can help you. But but I think, you know, really tactically, the most compelling way to make this case is, hey, economically, where's the benefit? So if you can really understand, hey, we've got some opportunities because of our net retention is lower or our customer sat is dropping or we've got a segment of customers that are churning away from us, identifying that or analyzing that at some level is in my mind kind of a key part to start 
along with then saying, okay, given that, what do we need to do to fix it across kind of all the things we talked about, all the different levers we talked yeah. about. Yeah. Excellent. So I think a good way to maybe wrap up our conversation here, you had touched on a couple of KPIs around retention of customers as well as kind of customer health scores. But I think one of the challenges that CX leaders and CX teams have is being able to quantify the impact that's having on the organization, especially the economic impact. So what are some of the beacons or some of the key KPIs metrics that you've seen customer success organizations use to demonstrate success and kind of quantify the value that they're delivering? First and foremost, net retention is a great measure. And for those of you that aren't super familiar with net retention, it looks basically your existing customers and over a period of time, does the revenue from those existing customers grow or shrink? And obviously you want it to grow. And so if you have a net retention that's 105%, 110%, that indicates that your revenue base is growing. If you're less than 100%, that means your revenue base is shrinking and you've got to go land new customers just to stay even, right? Just to keep your revenue right. flat, right? And so that's a big thing. And if you double click within net retention, what's in there is you're going to lose some revenue because customers are going to leave you, unfortunately. But you might be discounting price. You might be, they might be not leaving you, but just consuming less of what you have to offer. They have less seats or they use one less module. And at the same time, there's things you can do to increase that revenue. There's price increases. You sell them more seats. They're consuming more things or you're selling them kind of net new product, right? And so the puts and takes there is a great way to measure the business overall, but then you can drill that down by product, by segment, by geography, by sales rep, by customer size, a bunch of different ways. I think the other one is, you know, you still need to keep a lens on customer satisfaction and whatever metric you use, whether it's NPS or customer effort score or something else, some version of customer health, it's a good operating way to see another way to triangulate, not financially, but what's driving the successor or adoption of customers. And then there's a myriad of others in terms of product adoption and usage and operationally, how often are we touching customers? But to me, those are all secondary to these two macro ones. Yeah. I know on the CX side, we use kind of a balanced scorecard approach. We call it CEO dollars. So thank you from a customer's experience, operational, ultimately leading to a financial impact. And so it sounds like the customer success, maybe the specific metrics underneath those KPIs are different depending on the organization and what you're focusing on. But kind of that balanced scorecard approach is still a viable way to quantify and demonstrate the value. Whatever you use, some kind of balanced approach is a good one. And there's some emerging thinking where we're starting to see customer acquisition cost has always been a metric to think about how effective your sales and marketing is in landing new customers. But there's some new thinking around what does it cost for me to grow a customer that I already landed or what does it cost for me to retain a customer? Early days on those things, but those are other lenses you can start to think about how, hey, how efficiently am I doing those things? Because typically it is cheaper to expand a dollar of revenue or retain a dollar of revenue than it is to go acquire a new one from a new customer. Yep. That's another reason why you start to see a lot more emphasis on customer success, just given the level of investment there. I've seen some other statistics out there showing that not only is it easier to sell to an existing customer than it is a new customer, but you typically sell more to an existing customer than a new customer. And Again, going back to the idea that there's a ton of data out there, this is where analytics really comes in to be able to understand what's driving some of the outcomes 
as well as being able to predict some of those outcomes that that gets into the health score and moving from that reactive to uh, predictive or proactive kind of approach. So Neil, really appreciate you joining me and Paul today. Uh, I think this was a great re-intro conversation to customer success into the customer experience world. So yeah, I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and insights and looking forward to have you back on the pod in the future. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It was a great conversation and looking forward to it. For those of you joining us today, really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you do have any questions, comments, thoughts, we have an email in the show notes. Feel free to leave comments out in the various stores where you download the podcast. And would love to hear for the UCX professionals out there if customer success is coming into your orbit more at your organizations and how you're handling that. So thanks for listening. Thank you.